Uh, let's talk about pray like Jesus. Pray like Jesus. We're going to be in Luke chapter 11. If you want to go ahead and get your phone set up or turn over there, look at that. A uh, little review, quick review. Uh, we started a couple weeks ago. We, we talked about watching Jesus pray. And we, we literally went through several verses of Scripture. All these right here. We, we just observed Jesus praying. He wasn't always talking or we didn't have the words recorded. Let's say it like that. But, but we came up with these kind of things. That Jesus prayed in the morning. He prayed alone. He got off by himself and he prayed. Uh, he prayed in the evening time. Uh, he prayed outside. I, I like doing that. I like, I like God's space. You know, I enjoy our spaces that we build, but it's really nice when you get into God's space. And I really like my back porch because it's a little mixture of my space and God's space all together. And I kind of really like that deal. Um, and, and we saw Jesus standing before God when he prayed, he said. Uh, we talk, he talked about forgiveness in the idea of praying. Uh, then he pulled an all-nighter. He did that, that kind of deal. Uh, and, and in fact, I listened to a sermon from a guy from South Korea the other day and he was talking about how his church goes through periodically these all-night prayer meetings where people literally pray all night long. Still, today, that's a thing, you know. And then we saw Jesus not only praying alone, but he also was praying with others. So we kind of pulled all that together in part number one. Then we got to part number two last week. And y'all got me a little riled up last week. And we talked about intense prayer. We, we talked about uh, increasing the intensity of our, our prayer life. And that may not mean uh, adding a lot of emotion, but it certainly means giving yourself to it. Uh, being consistent with it. We talked about prayer as mentioned as things like wrestling uh, with these spiritual wickedness and this, this rulers of darkness and all these kind of things. It's, 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 this, it's this fight, basically. And we talked about the warfare of it all. Paul talked about the, the warfare in prayer and he talked about putting on the armor of God. And if you put on the armor of God, you know, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the, the belt of truth, you know, all that, all that kind of thing. If you, you go into that Hebrews 11, or excuse me, it's a Ephesians 6 thing. You go in that whole armor of God, you put all that on and guess who you look like? You look like Jesus. Because he is our righteousness. He is our salvation. He is truth. He is our peace. And you, you, you're putting on Christ, basically. And you know what? You show up to fight looking like Jesus. Guess who's going to win that deal? <laughs> that, that's just the way it works. Uh, and we talked about the intensity of it all. And here's where it really cuts. Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right there. Not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus even wrestled with that really intensely. To the point where he, he broke out in sweat that became blood, it said. So increasing the intensity. If we want to see the victory, the breakthrough we need, we have got to be intense. I, I like to say it like this. If you're not serious about it, don't think God's going to be serious about it. I just think we've got to be all in. Amen? All right. So now, let, let, let's, let's segue into to part number three. You know, as followers of Jesus, we want to become more like him, right? We want to become more like him. We want to learn from him. We want to watch him. We want to learn his, his ways, his teachings. Uh, we want to know him. Paul said that, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, and to be made conformable unto his death. We, we want to know him. We, we want to spend time with him. We want to be with him. Not just for now, but we, we want to be with him for all of eternity. And here's some really, really good news for you. Jesus feels the same way about you. He wants to be with you forever, all throughout time and all eternity. He literally laid down his life and shed his blood and died on the cross and rose from the grave so that he could spend eternity with you. You realize that? This is why he calls us. I just want to look at this, this quick verse before we get into Luke 11. This quick idea. Listen to what he says right here. In Mark 3, 13 through 15, it says, Jesus went up on the mountain and called to those he himself wanted. He's going to call these disciples up. And they came to him. And then he appointed the twelve. We know those as the twelve apostles. He appointed the twelve that they might be with him. That they might be with him. He called them that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power over, uh, to heal sickness and to cast out demons. So do you see that? They, he calls disciples. This calling still goes out today. The first call of the disciple, the reason that Jesus called you is that he wants to be with you and he wants you to be with him. Now, I'm not talking about just in the by and by. Thank God for all that. But I'm talking about in the here and now. That's important. To spend time with God is what we call prayer. Jesus called you into salvation. Yes, he wanted to forgive you of your sins. But you know why he wanted to forgive you of your sins? 
Because that was what was coming between you and him. Jesus called you so that you could work for him. But you know why he wants to, 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 for you to work for him? So he can work with you. Y'all can do this together. Kind of like father, son, and father, daughter. We just, you know, I, I built a lot of stuff in my time and day. Uh, I, I could have done it by myself, maybe even quicker. But there were times when Lily would come to me and she'd just have her hammer boy. She'd put on her little tool belt I bought her and she would come. And you know what? I learned that it was better for me to be slower and do it with her than for me just to run and do it by myself. And see, God taught me that one day when we were out building the deck. She was with me. And I was getting a little impatient. And God said, ah, 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 this is the this is the plan. She's with you. Let her do it with you. So you give her a little pile of nails and you let her go over there. And, and her mama's freaking out that she's going to bust her fingers and all that kind of stuff. I'm saying, ah, just she'll be all right. You know, you got to hit your finger every now and again. Just let them go. She just wants to be with me. Well, see, it's God. God see, God could do all this stuff without us. In fact, we actually mess a lot of stuff up for him. And that would have to be with Lily. She'd, I'd get, tell her to get a board. She'd go get a board and she'd get the wrong one. But we'd have to go back and do it again. No, no, not that one, baby. Get this one. Of course, I'd say it all real nice all the time, you know. Yeah, baby, please. No. <laughs> now, sometimes us daddy don't not quite that patient, are we? But, but, you know, sometimes we even mess it all up, and God could do all this better. And you know what? He could, he could use Gabriel to preach to you this morning. It'd be a lot more impressive than me, I can guarantee you. But that's not how he works. He said, I want to get you involved in what I'm doing. I want to do life with you. That's how he works. And we need to spend time in prayer because we've got to learn all that. We've got to learn Him. So, so now what we're going to do this morning is talk about the truth that helps us step into all this idea of doing life with God and talking to God and praying. We call it prayer. Praying with God. Let, let, let's, let's talk about a family secret. I want to tell you the secret to it all. The secret to you really learning to connect with God and really praying. Okay? Jesus says it. And it's, it's, it's a family secret. It's, it's for the family. That's not, not just this hidden thing. Jesus comes to reveal it so it won't be a secret anymore. But you need to know this in Luke 11. Now, these first few verses are going to be real familiar to you. It's, it's what we call the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer. Uh, you can find a similar teaching over in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we, we took a lot of time a couple years ago and went through all of that, about 10 hours worth of stuff, teaching. Uh, we call it the Jesus Way to Pray. You can go on the website and find all that and catch up on some of that. I'm not going to go into all the detail of all of that today. We're just going to kind of glance the highlights. You're going to see this in Luke 11, 1 through 4. Let's read it. All right? And then we'll pick up. We've got three sections we're going to read in Luke 11. All right. This, now, it come to pass, as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, he stopped, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray... Say this, our Father in heaven, say it with me, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Now, Luke's rendition of this is a little bit different than the one we probably memorized over in, in Matthew 6, but it, the gist of it all stays the same. So Jesus is responding to this request. They, they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Lord, will you teach us to pray? Now, I find that very interesting that they didn't ask him to teach them to do miracles. They didn't ask, how, Lord, how, how in the world do you multiply fish and loaves? To feed a whole hillside full of people. How do you do that? That would have been a neat answer, wouldn't it? It would have been a neat question. But they didn't ask about how, you know, over at that wedding that day, how did you, how? How did you turn that water into wine? Because that could come in real handy sometimes. How did you do that? They didn't ask that question. They didn't ask, Lord, teach us to preach better sermons. They didn't ask that one either. They seemed to understand that all of Jesus' life was poured into this idea. Whatever he was doing over there in private was what made him so powerful in public. You see what I'm talking about? They, they, they made that connection. That, that There's something here. Jesus, what, what you're doing over there is affecting all the day that you live and how you react and how you, you, you all this power flows through, through you. So, so they're coming to Jesus. Teach us how to pray. In other words, I, I hear it like this. 
Teach us to do what you do so we can do what you do. I hear him saying that. All right. And Jesus gifts them. I mean, it is a massive gift. It is a wonderful gift. He gifts them and the whole world, including us. He gifts us this prayer. And, and it's not just a prayer in the sense of, of just reciting the words over and over. Which that's, that's not necessarily a terrible thing as long as you do it sincerely. It's more like a framework. It's, it's, Jesus is saying this is, these are the things you need to be talking to God about. These are the things you need to be praying. All right? Now the first thing, let's just go ahead and get this secret right out on the table right now. And we'll talk more about it as we, as we just unfold the stories. The first thing is, this secret is this. The secret is, you've got to know the one who you're talking to. It's going to play out in the next two stories especially. You've got to know who you are talking to when you pray. It's not just your creator. He is that. But it's not just your creator. He's, he's the Almighty, but Jesus doesn't say Almighty Father. He doesn't just say Almighty God. He doesn't just say, Oh Lord of hosts, or Ancient of Days, or, 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 or the, the, the one who is to come. He doesn't just say all that kind of stuff, all those great big names and titles for God that are absolutely amazing and, and talk about His goodness and His power and His majesty and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't say that. He says the secret to praying is this relationship that we've been given to our Father, and it is God is our Father. He's Abba. He's Daddy to us. That's the secret to it all. That's the secret to prayer. It's to realize that God is your Father. So in, in that being said, prayer is not just about getting stuff. Oh, we like the stuff. We like to get that and the healing, the prayers and the answers and the, 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 the blessings. We like all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not just about getting the stuff. It's, it's about spending time with someone. That's what prayer is about. It's, it's about spending time with your Father. And it's because of Jesus, He made a way for us to be forgiven. He made a way for us to be adopted into God's family so that now He's not just God the Creator that I respect and I, you know, I'm kind of halfway scared of. He's now God my Father. That's a big leap. That's a big change in the relationship. And that all changed with Jesus. So the secret to play, praying intimately, the secret to play, praying honestly, the secret to praying consistently and boldly and intensely like we talked about last week is to realize if you are a follower of Jesus, God is your Father. God is your Father. Now I know when we hear the word Father, we've got all kinds of reference points. Some of them are great. Some of us have some great fathers. My father was really good to me. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed to have had him as my dad growing up. But some of our fathers were not that way. Some of our fathers were a little more abusive, and some of them were alcoholics, and some of them were struggled with all kinds of morality issues and all kinds of stuff. Some of our fathers didn't treat us all that good. So it's, you know, we're talking about the word father. We're talking about, we sing the song, Good, Good Father. That he is a good father. We're talking about our heavenly father. So we get another reference point. How do we know our heavenly father? Because all I have the reference is, is my earthly father. Well, the reference to our heavenly father is Jesus. Jesus came to reveal the father to us. To show us who God really is and how he really operates. How he loves us. So now, all of the names that could be used to address God. Father is his favorite one. Now, something about Lily. Lily. Lily sometimes, you know, she's grown. That's 24, 20, almost 25. She's grown now. So every now and again, I'll call her and she'll say, Hey, Ron. I'm like, really? She's grown now, you know what I'm saying? Or she'll say, she'll say, she'll say, Hey, Dad. Or she'll say, Hey, you. But you know the one that gets me. You know the one that gets me. I mean, I'm just melting in my shoes. All 250 pounds of me, I melt right in my shoes. She says, Daddy, it just gets me. And I say, babe, what you want? <laughs> How much you need? You know, that kind of thing. It's just a daddy-daughter thing. It just melts. God's favorite name to be called by you is Daddy. It's Father. He says, our Father in heaven. That's, that's who we're talking to. Our Heavenly Father. Our Father who is in heaven, who is above all, who is over all. Our Father in heaven. That's who we're talking to. That's the secret. 
Now, this idea of father, now we talk about it a lot, so so it, it, it may may seem like it's repeating things over and over to you, but, but it actually is a new revelation in the New Testament. Old Testament talks about it. It mentions God as father. Just an interesting fact here. God as father in the Old Testament is mentioned about 15 times. So it's there. But it's just not prevalent. It's not main front and center. In the New Testament, which is not near the information. I'm sorry, this didn't get pulled up here. What did you do? Did you mess that up? <laughs> the New Testament mentions God as our Father 150 plus times. It's, it's a, one of the major revelations of the New Testament that God is our Father. Amen. Amen. So now, let's, let's go through this pretty quickly. These requests that Jesus begins to say. He, he gives us the prayer, the framework, so to speak. Let's, let's look at this. The, the, the first thing he says, this is what you pray when you talk to Father. You, you say this, and you have this in your mind. Hallowed be your name. Say that with me. Hallowed be your name. Now, what in the world's hallowed? Did you hallowed something today? Have you hallowed today? We don't use that term anymore. It's kind of an old, old English word. It just simply means honor. So we, we say it like this. Honor. I want honor to be given to your name. You know how the name of God has been drugged through the mud? I mean, God's got a pretty bad reputation across the world right now. Not to his doing, but to our doing and to all the, the enemy's doing. And so we're, we're, we're interested in God. See, he's our father, man. You, you, you want to get me, man? You can talk, talk about four or five people in this world. Talk about Sandy. Talk about my kids. Talk about my mama. You know, stay off my mama. That all that your mama stuff, that ain't going to work with me. <laughs> or you talking about my daddy. You're going to have a fight. You know what I'm talking about? And that's what we're talking about here. It's not that we're, we're fighting spiritually in this prayer. Lord, we want honor to be given to you. We want people to see you for who you really are. Jesus says, I want you to start praying. I want you to have that in mind when you pray. That about your life and throughout the world, you want God's name to be honored. And we could go through a thousand verses right now if we wanted to about the name of God that's all throughout the scriptures. All right? Let's go to the second request here. You know it well. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What's the next phrase? Your kingdom come. So this is our second request. Your kingdom come. Lord, bring the reality of your kingdom into my world, into this world. Bring the reality of your kingdom. Because, see, that's what Jesus said. Jesus' favorite sermon, if he stepped onto the platform right here at Mosley Bridge Church, the sermon he would probably preach would be, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near to you now. The kingdom of God has now come to you. And you know what he would begin to do? He'd begin to talk about that kingdom. He'd probably tell a few stories. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. It's like a farmer who goes out and he would tell stories about the kingdom. And he would say, hey, you know what? I see somebody back in the back back there that doesn't look like they feel too well. Come here. Let's let the kingdom come to them. And he'd find them. He found a man one time in church. His hand was all withered up. He couldn't use it. And he said, come on. You know what happened? That moment the kingdom came. And what happened to that man's hand? It was restored. It was healed. So, so wherever, wherever there's sin and the kingdom comes, forgiveness comes. Wherever there's sickness and the kingdom comes, healing happens. Wherever there's death and the kingdom comes, Jesus taught us resurrection life is given. So when the kingdom comes, whatever lost can be found, whatever broken can be made whole, whatever blind can see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. When the kingdom comes, it makes a difference now. And that's what we're praying. Lord, you come and you make a difference. You bring your kingdom and everything that's with it. The righteousness. See, Paul said this, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. Hmm. That's what we're praying. The third request is your will be done. So your kingdom come and your will be done. Now this is the one Jesus really bared down on right here, wasn't it? This is the one he got real intense about. Your will be done. Father, you know best. I want to synchronize my soul, my mind, my heart with your will. Your will be done. And if his will is going to be done, guess what's going to happen to yours? It's going to have to become like his. So Father knows best. Your will be done. I, I want whatever you want in this situation. I want whatever you want in my life. That's a courageous prayer now. 
Because, see, we're all a bunch of control freaks, ain't we? We, we, we want to control our destiny. And, and, and the deceptive thing is, the enemy think, he, he convinces us that we can control our destiny. But let me tell you something. You can't get your next breath if God doesn't give it to you. You understand that? We've all been to enough funerals to figure that out. It could happen to anybody. Your will be done. And then he says this phrase. It's really, this section, it's one of my favorites of, of this whole section right here. On earth as it is in heaven. I, I, I won't, so, so what does heaven look like? Well, this, the thing's done right in heaven. And, and, if it, and if it goes wrong, you're out of here. Ask the devil about that. He, he got thrown down like a lightning bolt. So how are things in, in heaven? Well, they, they're pretty good. It's all right. You're you going to want to go there. You're going to like it, by the way. How, how, how do things function in heaven? Well, they function right. So what I'm praying right here on earth is, is in heaven. That, that's, that's what we want. Father, that's what we want. We want our place that's a mess and a wreck. Our lives that are messes and wreck. We want our place to look like your place. On earth as it is in heaven. And if you hadn't seen that little sign right there back on the wall, they sold them up here at the village, or not the village, what's this little olive branch? They sold them right here at the olive branch, that little sign right there. It says, in Gilbert Town, as it is in heaven. I was walking back there with somebody, it was a while back now, but they saw that sign and they said, is that what it says in the Bible? <laughs> I said, yeah. Just, let's just go with yeah. I ain't got time to explain. Yes. So that's our little part of earth right here, right? We want it to happen right here. Lord, make, make Gilbert Town. Make, make the families of Mosley Bridge be like a little piece of heaven right here on earth. When people come into your house and come into your life, they ought to step into a, a righteousness and peace and joy that they don't experience when they're in the workplace. They don't experience when they're on the ball field. They don't experience, God forbid, when they're in Walmart. They don't experience it there for sure. But when they step into your part of the world, it's like a little bit of heaven on earth. Uh-huh. And you can throw in a peanut butter pie and make it real good. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it, Anna? That'd be real good. So make our place look like your place. And then the fourth request is, is this. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's, it's, the, it's God, we cannot live without you. I cannot live without you. I, I need your blessing. I need your help. I need your involvement. And I'm telling you, this is a realization and a protection from the pride that will literally destroy your life. All that self-centeredness, all that selfishness, all that I'm my own man, I'm my own dude, and I'll do my own thing, all that Frank Sinatra, I did it my way kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? This, prayer, this part of the prayer is a protection against that kind of pride, is that you realize that unless God doesn't give it, you don't get it. And that every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights and is given to us. So it's a deterrent against that deception of self-centeredness and, and hooked on selfie. Because mm -hmm. you'll waste your life like that. So it's, Father, I need you in my daily life. I need you to give me what I need. Whether that bread might be wisdom, that bread might be provision, that bread might be, it might be bread. A lot of folks in the world woke up this morning praying for that. It might be all kinds of things. Whatever we need, that's what it's about. And then the fifth request is, is, is about forgiveness. Okay, so it's the disciples' prayer. So do the disciples have sin? I Just hang out with us a little while. You'll figure it out. Unfortunately, we do, don't we? And he said, I want you to, even as a disciple of Jesus, come to him for forgiveness. Forgive us our sins. For we also going to forgive those who sinned against us. Right? Here's something. The closer you get to God, the more you begin to see the dark, broken parts of you. It just happens. It's, it's, it's a phenomenon that happens. The closer you get to light, it exposes all that darkness that's in us. So we, we, got, we get closer to God. We, we've got things we've got to deal with. Right? And Jesus is saying, you take all of that sin... All of that darkness, all that chaos is stirring around in your heart and your soul. You grab it and you take it right to Father. You take it to Him. Hmm. Now, I don't know about you, 
But when I was growing up and I did something wrong, guess who I didn't want to take it to? I tell mama, mama, you got to tell, um, I got a ticket today. I was doing 120, I was flying. I got a ticket today. You know what mama would say? Thank God you're okay. Thank God. Thank God. It's a, it's a trap. He trapped you, didn't he? That's what mom would say. I take that $400 speeding ticket, which I did get one like that one time. I take that $400 speeding ticket to daddy. It wasn't, are you okay? It's about you about to die. You know what I'm talking about? This different. Because I didn't want to take it to daddy. I'm, I'm going to hide it. I'm going to show it to mama. Mama had cleaned me up and set me straight in, in, in many days. And daddy still don't know about it. And if he's watching, you still don't know about it. Okay. <laughs> and I ain't telling. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, so, so, uh, <laughs> so I didn't want to take it to daddy. But see, this is a different relationship now I got. You know, as I've grown and matured. And I hope he stays with me another 20 years, but I don't know how long I got him. But something goes wrong in my life today. Guess who my first phone calls to? Daddy. Hmm. Yes. Because he can make it right. And you know, I found something about God. See, we get all bent up about our sins and we get so guilt-ridden and shamed about it and we pull back into it. And you know what? God stands ready and willing to forgive you. It's not a problem for him to forgive you. He, he, he does that easy. He wants to do that. You understand that? He's like that, that prodigal son's father who sits on the front porch and says, I sure wish he'd come back home. I sure wish he'd get it right. I'm standing ready. We could talk about that a long time. but The sixth request. Dealing with temptation and leadership. Lead us not into temptation. It's asking for God's leadership, his guidance throughout my day. It's a realization. It's a, it's a, it's a reality check. It's, it, we're not naive about life, that there are all kinds of pitfalls and there's all kinds of mistakes that we can make. There's all kinds of challenges. There's all kinds of moral dilemmas that happen all the time. There are traps, literal traps. All over. There are temptations set for you when you wake up in the morning. It's like the old boy said, said uh, Lord, I need your help. I'm about to get out of bed and put my feet on the floor. I need your help today. There's temptations all around us that's been set up for you, against you, to, to cause you to fall. And this, this is, Lord, I need your leadership. Because I, I, I need to learn to walk. Whoa, oh, whoa. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Lead me this way. And you know what? He'll help you avoid those things. In fact, Jesus said it. We talked about it last week, I think. Pray that you don't enter into temptation. Watch and pray, he said. Okay. So help, help me navigate through all this chaotic life I've got and all this stuff that's around me. And, you know, landmines everywhere. Help me walk. I, I'm going to tell you, we, we were on a trip, one of our trips to Israel. And they were talking, we were in this big old field. We went out there. There was a, a, a temple that was built many moons ago, thousands of years ago, to Caesar Augustus. And we were going out there in the middle of this field. And we're already in the field now. We're already way out there. And our tour guide said, hey, y'all follow me. And you walk step by step on this trail with me. Do not wander off into these fields. Because you remember that thing called the seven-day war that they had over in Israel? This place was filled with landmines all over the place. Y'all stay on this trail. And y'all follow me. And he led us right through all the temptation and all the problems. And guess who got off the trail? Not me. I like my legs right, right, right where they are. But that's like life. It's filled with all this stuff. So I need your leadership. I, 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 don't, I don't see everything I need to see. I need you to lead me. Mm. And then the seventh and the last he talks about here is deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us. Deliver us from the evil one or maybe it could be say even deliver us from evil. That's, it's, again, I'm not naive about life. That there's evil all around me. And I've also found that there's evil inside of me. And if I get the right switch flipped, then it happens. I need to be delivered from that too. 
that fleshly thing. So again, it's expressing our need for God, our Father, in everyday life, in every step of life. Right? So I need you to deliver me. I need you to rescue me. I need you to pull me out. I need you to set me free from all the sin, all the lies, all the deception, all the tricks and schemes. I need you to deliver me from this evil. It's all around me. So Jesus gives us this framework. Boom, boom, boom. We've talked about seven of them. Boom, 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 boom. This is how I want you to pray. And talk to Father about this stuff. All right? All right, so question. What would the person look like who lived into all these seven ideas that was expressed in this prayer. What would the person look like who lived into that? It would look like Jesus, wouldn't it? So Jesus continues. And he tells this curious story. This is a real odd story about this man who's in need. He picks it up in verse number five. And he says this. Now, this is building on this prayer that he just gave us. And Jesus looks at the disciples. He says to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. Now, hospitality is a big deal in those days. Now, you've got to, if somebody comes, you're going to take care of them, right? All right, verse number seven. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. So this is a guy in the house. He said, hey, don't trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot give, give to you. I, I'm not getting out of bed. Verse 8. But I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. So, look. Did you get the gist of the story? Okay, we've got a little, little house, probably about as big as this stage, where they built them back then. One room house. A lot of stuff they did out was out, outdoors. But then there were sleeping quarters in, in the house. And there was one room. And so you had four kids. Guess what them kids are sleeping? They are on the mat right beside you and the missus right over here. So it's a one-room house. And this guy comes and knocks on the door. Joe! Boom, 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 boom. Wait a minute. Joe don't come. Boom, boom, boom. Joe! Hey, Joe, now what time did the Bible say this story took place? At midnight. I'm just going to tell you, don't come to the parsonage. <laughs> Unless you really got a need. <laughs> boom, 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 Joe. Joe stumbles up and says, man, what? Why? What are you doing? What do you want? Man, you got some biscuits. <laughs> what? Biscuits. Said, man, we we're asleep in the bed. The kid, you done woke up the kid, the three-year-old. You know how long it took us to get him to sleep. You done come and woke up the kid. Now my wife's mad. We ain't gonna be able to go to sleep for next hour or two. What? Why? You want some biscuits? You see the point? What he's talking about? He said, this this man will get up and give this man what he wants. And really it ain't even for him. It, he, he said somebody dropped by the house tonight. I guess his camel broke down or something. And, and uh, he, had to play, he had to have a place to stay. And he stopped at my house. I didn't have no bread, so I need some bread, man. You got some biscuits? We need, some, we need to make some tuna fish sandwiches. And it says that the man won't get up because he's his friend. But he, he will get up because that dude won't stop knocking on the door unless he does. <laughs> because of his persistence, right? All right, so now there's, there's this little word in, in that story. The old King James has the word importunity. You've probably heard that before. Or the new King James that I just read has the word persistence. Jesus talks about us being persistent in our prayer. He gives this example right here. What does it mean to be persistent? Well, in the, in the, in the Greek, the word simply means this. To be shamelessly bold. 
To be so bold is that you would ask such a thing. We'll wrap all this up. It's going to make a lot of sense in a minute. To be bold. So Jesus said, this is the kind of boldness I want you to have. Now, you, you can have this kind of boldness in your human relationships and get what you need. Sometimes you get what you need. But bringing this kind of shamelessly boldness into your relationship with God, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask. I want you to ask God for stuff. I want you to ask him. And, and I want you to seek God. And, and now, if you know anything about the original languages, if you do any kind of word studies with that, you'll see that the, the idea of ask is the progressive in nature. It's not just ask and I'm done. It's, it's Joe standing at the door going, boom, 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 boom. He didn't wake up. Boom, 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 boom. It's, it's, it's like Lily calling me on my cell phone. If I don't answer my cell phone, I'll look down and I'll have 42 missed calls from that child. You know what I'm talking about? She just won't talk about something. It's, it's, it's this ask and ask and ask and seek, 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 knock, knock, knock until it comes. So, so what I'm saying is this ask, seek, knock, this shamelessness that he talks about, it's, it's not a flippant request that you just praying while you're praying over dinner. These are literal, this ask, seek, and knock are literal commitments on your part that you are willing to reorient your entire life around whatever you are asking for and whatever you're seeking. So Jesus, okay, go back to the prayer. Jesus gave us the framework of what we need to be asking. Right? So this is what you need to be asking. This is what you need to be seeking. This is what you need to be knocking. This is what you need to be shamelessly bold about. About honoring God's name, about His kingdom coming, His will being done in your life. You need to be as bold as you possibly can, specific as you possibly can. About daily bread. Boy, I need some stuff. I got some stuff I got to get done. I got some stuff that God, I can only do if you give me what I need to get. Your forgiveness. Be shameless about it. Isn't that something to be shameless about forgiveness? Because that's where it gets us in the shame area. Bring it to Him. Cut, bleed, and bruised. Bring it to Him. And the idea of temptation, just be bold as you possibly can. This is the framework that Jesus gives us. So pray boldly, shamelessly, ask, seek, and knock. Make whatever sacrifices you've got to make. Stay after it, stay after it, stay after it. Do your part. And God will reward you. That's what Jesus tells us. You do this shamelessly, boldly in private, and God will reward you publicly. So what if it takes a year? See, coaching ball, it, it teaches me some of this. See, all the boys love the games. They love the games because it's, it's fun. The games are fun. But if you're going to win the game, showing up to the game is not how you win the game. Showing up to practice is how you win the game. And that's three months ahead, six months ahead, one year ahead. People show up and then they cry. And I say, uh-uh, you ain't got a right to cry. You ain't hitting the cage in a month. Are you serious? Because see, what we do is we, we overestimate what we think we can do quickly and we underestimate the value of doing something consistently. Little bit at a time. We underestimate that value. And if you want to show up for the game and win, or life, if you want to show up for life and win, it's not like showing up to you in your best dress and showing up and being who you think you are. It's about you being consistent in your character. It's about you being consistent in your faithfulness, in your devotion, day in, day out. And you work your tail off in practice. You work your tail off in devotion. And, and boom, you show up for the game and bam, it happens. But did it just happen? No, ma'am. See what I'm talking about? This, this is that asking, seeking, knocking stuff. So what if it takes one year? Well, what if it takes five years? You got that in your tank? Ask Abraham, what if it takes 25 years? We're in that story right now on Wednesdays. What if it takes 25 years? No wonder God liked that man so much because that man stayed faithful to God as best he could even through all the chaos and mistakes he made. He stayed faithful to God, believed God. For 25 years it didn't happen and boom, she had a baby. And see, God will wait out on you. He, he, I don't know why. Maybe it's, it's timing issues. Maybe your character's not right yet. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's spiritual forces fighting against it and they've got to be dealt with. I don't, I don't know. But there's the multiplicity of reasons. 
But can you stick at it for as long as it takes to get whatever you need? Because that's what it's going to take. You see what I'm talking about? We're not talking about microwave praying right here. We're talking about smoking something in low heat. And I like a microwave when I need quick lunch. But you're going to give me a pork roast? Don't you cook at it no microwave. <laughs> it don't taste right. We've got to, got to have that slow heat. So this is a slow cook here now. This ass seeking not. So now Jesus, we're tying it all together. We're almost done. Jesus begins to talk about the goodness of God in, in verse 11. This will make sense in a minute now. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, would, would the father give him a stone? What, what would be the answer? Jesus didn't answer, but if your son came and asked you for bread, would you, would you give him a rock? No, no. Probably because you'd have to pay the dental bill. Right, but anyway. Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? Would you give him a snake instead of a fish? No, no. If he asked for an egg, well, that's gotten expensive lately. If he asked for an egg, y'all seen the price of eggs? Miss Jenny needs to help us out. <laughs> if he if he asked for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? No, no, no. He said, listen to this. Okay, now this ties in with the story that we just read too. If you then, being evil sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Okay? Now tying into all this, the prayer, the story about the man who just wouldn't quit. He's persistent. And now this, this story about our Father who, who's not evil. This, this, this evil man got out of bed and gave him something. But now your heavenly Father, how much more will he give you? So, so how does all this work? How, how does all this work in the story? Am I, am I the one asking, knocking on the door? Am I that guy knocking on? Yeah. Is, is God the sleepy, grumpy guy that gets up and says, man, you woke us all up? Is that God in the story? Actually, it's the opposite. When you bring this element in, it's what we just read in. Jesus is taking this negative example saying, you know what, people will be good to you like that. How much more would your Father be good to you? Your Heavenly Father. So the story's telling us just the opposite. If human love will do this, imagine what God's love would do for you. That's what he's saying. So God's not the one who doesn't want to be bothered. See, the guy that was asleep, he didn't want to be bothered with all this. It was an inconvenience to him. God actually wants to be bothered. Do you understand that? So, so bring it all together. All, all of this reveals the secret to pray. That you should be bold. You should be shameless. You should ask God to help you with your needs. You should ha ask God to help you with your struggles, with your sins, with your temptation, your troubles. You should ask Him shamelessly. Good, bad, ugly. You should ask God shamelessly for whatever you need. He wants to be bothered by you. Now think about this. This scenario. What, what if Sandy came to me and she said, Honey, I, I, I had a really tough day. A lot of stuff happened. But I don't want to bother you with it. What would I say? Well, good. Because <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. Is that what you say? Well, not, not, not if you want to live. You don't say that kind of stuff, right? You, you wouldn't say that. No, 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 no. You wouldn't say that. I, I want her to bother me with it. I, I don't want to have to talk to somebody else about that. I want her to talk to me about it. And I'll hear every third or fourth word, and I'll finally get in the groove with it all. You understand how that works? <laughs> but I want her to bother me. And I, 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 I'll, I'll try to fix it. <laughs> Good gosh, help me, Lord. <laughs> that, that's where I get in trouble. So Jesus is saying, Father wants us to bother him with it. He wants us to bother. Now, here's another scenario. I've learned this again. we got grown children now. They're all grown. One of them's married. Lord, how'd that happen? How'd you get in the family, boy? Uh, poor fella. Poor fella. Yeah, I told him he, got, he bought one got three free. He just don't even know. Never mind. That's another deal. Something I've learned about 
parenting grown children is that you, you know they're facing challenges. And you know they're having all kinds of adult situations and difficulties coming at them now. And they're probably not all the way ready yet. They're having dilemmas of all kinds. But here, here's the heartbreaking thing of being a parent of grown kids is that they talk to you less and less. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you have had kids, you, you know about that. They, they talk to you less and less about it. And, and it's really concerning because you know that they're talking to other people. Mostly their peers. And, and you know that their peers, some of them just ain't got a lick of sense. I'm for real. Just ain't got no sense whatsoever. I mean, just, I mean, lack of a better word, they're idiots. I mean, they, they just ain't grown up yet. And so they're talking to others about it, other people that don't love them like you do, other people that don't have the experience and wisdom and, and, and spirituality that you do, or the knowledge that you do, and they're talking to them and not you, and it's absolutely heartbreaking because you know you see the train wreck coming. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's not your scenario. Maybe your kid's on, on the straight. It's good. You see, beloved, God must feel that way on the daily for us. Because, see, we're not talking to him about it. We're not bringing it to him. Hmm. Jesus is saying, Father wants to talk to you about this guy. All this stuff. All this stuff. Now, again, this, this guy's not in a do-or-die situation. He just needs some bread to make some biscuits, some, you know, whatever he's going to make, just to feed this guy. Okay. Wrap it up with this. Shamelessly bold. This is, this is how bold you need to be with God. Okay, I, had, I had a guy, before we do I had a guy come to me one time years ago. He said, you know, God's real busy. He said, my knees bother me real bad. He said, I... I gotta have knee surgery, he said, but I I just don't feel right about asking you to pray for my knee. Because God's got so much other stuff. And I said, you know, God cares about your knee. He does. Now, now, now listen to this. Okay, God, this is me being shamelessly bold. This importunity, this persistence, this is me being shamelessly bold as Jesus just taught me. Okay, God, I, I know there are troubles in the Middle East and it's a mess over there. I know Ukraine and Russia are at war and it is terrible. It's awful. The hospitals are full. The world is quaking and shaking all over the place. America is absolutely off the chain. It's a mess. But God, I got to go to work in a minute. And I need you to help me. You understand what I'm saying here? See, we put God in those big time categories where he's got all these crises going on in all places of the world. So we shriek back and say, oh, this is just my little stuff. God says, no, be bold. I want you to be so bold as if I had all this other stuff to do. And you say, hey, can you help me with this situation at work? There's temptation all around me. I need you to help me. And oh, yeah, by the way, my back hurts, too. Can you help me with that? And my mind's racing again, God. I know all that stuff's going on. People are dying over that way. And China's a mess and all kinds of stuff's happening over there. People are dying left and right. I know you got all that. But God, can you help me? My mind will not slow down. Can you help me with that? Do you hear what I'm saying to you? That's boldness. That, that's, what, that's what the Jews would call chutzpah. You ever heard that term, chutzpah? That's you being so audacious that you think that you are God's favorite child. Because you know what? You are. So Father wants us to come. So, and he says this, if you ask me for wisdom, I'll not just give you wisdom, I'll give you the spirit of wisdom. Remember he said that? He said if you ask Father for all this stuff, that he'll, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. So, so you ask God for counsel. You need counsel. You've got to make a decision. He'll, he'll, he'll not just give you counsel. He'll send the counselor to live inside of you. You need insight and understanding. He'll send you the teacher. It's the Holy Spirit. You, you're restless and anxious. He'll, he'll send you the comforter. You need help. He'll send the helper. You know what it's saying to us? God is so good to us and he loves us so much and he values you so much and he values your purpose and plan in his big plan and all that kind of stuff. He values your contribution to it so much that you're so worthy to, to God. 
that He absolutely will move heaven and earth and not just send you the answer you need. He, you need something, He comes Himself to help you. And Jesus says, you be that bold as to think that you are God's favorite kid. I, I tried to teach Little Dick growing up. She was my favorite kid. She's my only one at the time, you know. <laughs> I tried to teach her that. We had a little deal. She stayed at the office a lot, especially her younger days. And I told her, I said, Lily, if you need me for any reason, you come to Daddy's office, you knock on the door, and I'll let you come in. And we can talk about it. You call me, you need me for anything, you call me. And she would do it. I wanted her to know she had full, complete, unhindered access to me at any time in her life. She knows that today, too. She knows that today, that if she would have needed me today, I would, I would not be preaching for you today. She knows that. You understand that? I wanted her to be bold because I was trying to teach her, this is how Father wants you to come to him. You'd be so bold. You hear what I'm saying to you? Jesus provided all this for us. You use it. You live in it. It's an insult if we don't. You understand that? Let's pray. Ah, that's a mouthful, Lord. But, but what did we expect when the question got asked about teaching us to pray? Lord, for all of us here, I just pray you would just help us to see how much you really care for us. About the ins and outs of our life and days, situations, concerns. We just come against that old foul spirit that just whispers all them lies that God doesn't care. God's too busy. It ain't going to matter anyway. We just rebuke all that in Jesus' name. That's just a lie. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that we can call you Father. And Lord, I pray that that would just make us a bold as a lion. Have, have that childlike faith that we can just walk into your presence because of what Jesus has done for us. Change us, Lord. Help us to see who you really are. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.